The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. CSPN and the WrestleCast present to you Cast of Strong Style. Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of Cast of Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined once again by my special, but this time more on a permanent basis, the third man, if you will, Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? Hi. You're you're being promoted off the bench into the starting rotation for a little while. I'm fine with it. I'll keep the seat warm. All right. We want to give a big shout out to the starting co-host megamoto player (laughs) she's gonna take an excursion for a little while but you know when she comes back of course she'll be getting a push right back to her spot but instead of a two-person group it'll be a three-person group so be on the lookout for that in future episodes so anbar thank you for sitting in and taking a chance with me and becoming more of a permanent fixture here on cast of strong style Really appreciate your opinions, your thoughts, and uh, hopefully we can continue to make Moto proud and smile while she's out there, you know, doing her thing. Big shout out to Moto. Yep. Yep. All right. So, Cast of Strong Style can be found on CSPN. You can find that on the web at www.cspn.us. We can also be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. You can also follow the podcast uh, Twitter account at Cast Strong Style. And you can follow Anwar Starwin on Twitter at Anwar Starwin. And you can follow me on Twitter at Don DeLorente. And you can give Moto a follow at JPK Moto. Also, use the hashtag Cast of Strong Style when you live tweet either through New Japan World or Access TV. So, Anwar, Dominion came. It was great. It was epic. I saw a hot take after the show that it might have been the greatest pay-per-view ever. Woo! I'm not going there, but I can understand if you feel like that. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I was like, hey, WrestleMania 17 would would like to say something to you, but okay. But anyway, so uh, we're going to get right into it as we had an IWGP junior tag team title match as Desperado and Kanemaru defended against Rapungi 3K, Sho and Yo. Sho hits the power bomb into the backstabber and Desperado gets a breaking, uh, breaking Desperado in half and getting a great near fall. Sho looks for the shock arrow, but Desperado counters. We get a ref bump, whiskey bottle shot by Kanemaru, and the champions retain their title. I kind of feel like I enjoyed this match, but I didn't love it because I, they probably could have saved this show for one of the road shows coming up on Kazuna Road and actually gave it more time to be a better match. But this is what the spot they were given, and they did the best what they could. They got their stuff in, they kept it moving, and they kept it on the heel, guys. So can't really get mad because Despy's one of my favorite people in that division. And it's just going to be interesting to see where Rapunge 3K goes for, from this. 
maybe they need to be more heelish instead of like nice. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they were trying to turn up the aggression a little bit. Kevin Kelly, if you were listening to the English commentary, he even said that they're they're trying to find that that line between being aggressive but not being quote unquote dirty. I mean, yeah, I get that, but really, chaos is a hill faction. People need to realize that. <laughs> I mean, they they could do both because they're not stagnated with their they adjust to how the crowd reacts to them too. So they could they they they're really heels, dude. I mean, if, if like if one guy want to be the straight guy in the group and one be the one who pushes things to the other level to cheat, I ain't gonna be mad at that because that's life. Sometimes your brother do the great thing, you do do the bad thing. But as long as you win, who cares? <laughs> so about getting to the pay window, huh? Heck yeah. Well, Juice Robinson and David Finley, they got to the pay window versus Jay White and Yoshihashi. Juice Robinson, mm-hmm. he hit the Pulp Fiction, and he pinned Jay White. Then, Juice posed with the U.S. title. So, it has been announced at the Long Beach show that Jay White will be defending against Juice Robinson. So, that should be fun. This should be fun. Hopefully, they don't put them in that semifinal spot where they could die, because that was the mistake what they did last time with Switchblade and um Hangman. They had a really good match, but the crowds are so so exhausted or just ready for the main event that they didn't get the, the energy that they were deserving for the level of match they had. So hopefully, they're put in a better position to like succeed. But people kind of love Juice and been watching him grow, so that that element of fandom is going to be there for him. I don't know how that match is going to end because it seems like the guy that Juice has to ultimately overcome to crack through that mid card is Goto. That's what it feels like, but this could be a, just a nice little short interim because in the long run, they got to have bigger plans for, for a Switchblade. So eventually he's going to have to come off their U.S. title. So I don't really know. I, I expect Switchblade to like win that match, but I don't know. But this props with Juice because I always like seeing him just keep taking steps forward. Yeah, it's been fun to watch Juice Robinson uh, become, you know, or AKA CJ Parker from his NXT days become like a bona fide big deal. And people get excited and get on their feet when he comes out. So, you know. He literally fired himself so he could get better. Right. A lot of people don't do it. Yeah, he humbled himself. He became a young boy. Even after having yeah, whatever years of experience in, you know, NXT and WWE or whatever. And he's better for it. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we had Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yano and Ishii. Zack cuts Yano off with the Cobra Twist. Yano escapes and removes the buckle pad, and Zack cuts him off again with a European clutch for a two count. The backslide follows for two. Zack then blocks the low blow. Suzuki cuts off Ishii as Zack taps out Yano. After their match, Suzuki and Ishii brawl, and then they kick the shit out of each other until the young lines separate them. Man, this match on paper, you look at him like, waste of time, I want to watch this match. And then Ishii and Suzuki was so great, dude. 
And the way that Ishii kept finding secret ways to cheap shot Suzuki was hilarious. Like that one spot where he just he just caught Suzuki slipping and he just tore him up. Mm-hmm. And then Suzuki tried to catch him, but like like Ishii was like, nah, bro, I just did that. You're not gonna catch me like that. It was like, please let this be a setup for them having a one-on-one match for the Rare Pro title or, or something in G1. Cause that was great. Cause in that spot, they were not supposed to shine like that, but they did. And Zach is Zach is just awesome. So, like, I was the end of the match where he was having, a, I think, the post match conference. He was talking to um Taga. He's like, "You coming with us to like England?" He's like, "I don't talk like I don't know." Like, Come on, man, you got to go. <laughs> I was like, I love the duo Taka and um and, and Zach like. Zach, Zach is Zach is is doing a hell of a job this year. So I, I would like to see Zach and Suzuki eventually challenge for the, the tag titles in New Japan. That would be an interesting style clash. Oh, for Not sure. Funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this was a really good match. This was one of the highlight matches for the uh, undercard for sure. Uh, I love seeing Zach Saber Jr. It had been a while since he had been on the card, so definitely. A much needed, uh, you know, change of pace. Yano and Suzuki have, you know, they have their little beef from back when Suzuki almost hung them, you know, from a couple <laughs> of months ago. So, and then Zack Sabre Jr. and Ishii, you know, they have their little, uh, you know, time from uh, what did uh, Zack Sabre Jr. win? What was the tournament? Um, uh, I think he beated him in the U.S. Yeah. Championship tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it was Ishii. I think it was Ishii who beat him in a tournament. Yeah, so they have that, you know, from going back. So you know, they, all these guys have history with each other. So it made for a really good match. I love when the long term, like booking, actually connects and makes sense, and why these people wouldn't get along or not. Mm-hmm. Next up, another match that people didn't think would actually stand out, but actually kind of did. The never open weight title match. It was a three way between Goto. Taichi and Michael Elgin. We get a mic stand shot by Taichi to Elgin and Goto, but to both Elgin and Goto, and Taichi takes his time to celebrate. Taichi super kicks Goto, and then that gets a good near fall. We get a head kick to Goto, but Elgin cuts Taichi off and buckle bombs him. Elgin then power bombs Taichi into Goto, and the Elgin bomb finishes Taichi, and we have a new champion, Michael Elgin. I I was surprised by this, but it, but you know the way they set up that finish, it definitely opened up like opportunity in for like Goto to get a rematch because he wasn't he's the champion he lost the title yes, but he didn't take the pin so mm-hmm. I liked how that was set up because it allowed for them to have another match down the road which is going to happen on the road show which is great. This match really surprised me. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about triple threats in New Japan too much or, or Fatal Forward. But they all played their parts really well. And the part of the match that made me laugh kind of smile was when Taichi was in shock that he had both of them laid out and he was kind of didn't know what to do next. <laughs> that was funny, but the crowd was cheering them all like, come on, bro, you can do this, Taichi. Do it for the culture. See, I'm telling you, little by little, the people's people and the doubters and the haters starting to come around on my man. 
Yeah, I give it to him. When you're not being lazy, you could be a hell of a wrestler sometimes. <laughs> Just need to get rid of them mantis, though. Some guys who haven't been lazy in quite a while. The Yum Bucks, they're challenging for the IWGP Tag Team Heavyweight titles versus Evil and Sonata. Sonata runs wild and gets the skull in. Matt fights, but Sonata swings Matt around and misses the moonsault. We get a spear by Matt, and it completely breaks down. Matt Matt saves Nick. Super kicks to the champions. More bang for your buck buck follows on Sonata, and we have new IWGP Tag Team Champions. This was a hell of a match, and I like the fact that Nick was one of the people in the match just selling his injury, and did a hell of a job, and to show that not, not just me, but you, like my younger older brother, I could sell I could sell just as good. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that. And it's just I was kind of sad to see Sonata and Eva drop the title, but it opened up more opportunities for other things later on in card. But this was a really good match. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So uh after the match, Matt hires Don Callis to be the color commentator for all in. So Don Callis mm-hmm. was excited. I'm all in. <laughs> Even Don got in all in before you big your little homie. Flip go in. <laughs> Ray Mysterio, Juice and Thunder Liger, and Tanahashi versus Marty Scroll, Cody, and Adam Page. Liger goes for a series of pins. Then we get the show to Cody, and that gets a two count. It breaks down, and then Ray hits six one nines, and we get dives to the floor. Liger hits a top rope runner on Cody, but Cody fights back, and he hits the crossroads, and Cody gets the pin on Liger. So Marty Scroll, Cody, and Adam Page get the win. On service, you probably would have think that with Ray making his debut, he would win the match, but. The end result actually fits their plans for the future, so I kind of guess where we were going later in the show. But it was a good, nice little six-man match, and Scroll was being a bit of a prick, but I kind of like him being a prick. He could do the fun stuff, but also be a heel. I'm fine with you not doing doing the easy thing to draw chairs. Just be a donkey sometimes, because that's, that's what you're here for. Rey Mysterio looked great. Yes, he did. He was flying around. Uh, I don't know. I, I think somebody might have messed up his little logo there. He had like a kind of, you know, a Lucha Libre mask on a goat's head. He should have probably had that as the O instead of have being beside the O. But, <laughs> you know, that's just some technical things that, you know, he'll probably have us, you know, change something next time. But, yeah, I really like this match. It was fun. Um, like you said, Marty Scroll out here just antagonizing three legends, trying to get under his skin. <laughs> uh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, he's over and he knows it, so that's what's up. So before we come into the home stretch, just a reminder that this is Cast a Strong Style. This is Don DeLorente. I'm joined by Anwar Starwin, and we are being brought to you on the CSPN cspn.us on the web and also iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match between Will Ospreay and 
the ticking time bomb, Takahashi. Takahashi looks for the time bomb. Osprey counters, and Will hits a series of kicks, and Takahashi is down. We get to Stormbreaker, but it gets countered into the triangle choke. Will fights, he tries to power out, and Takahashi kills Osprey with the power driver, and then Takahashi hits the Blu-ray. The time bomb connects, and we have a new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion in Hiromu Takahashi. I I watched this match. I was like, how are the, the semi and main events going to pass surpass this match? Because I was like, wow, this is one of the better matches I've seen this year, and it's just not, which is kind of crazy because they've been in two of the best matches I've seen this year already. At Wrestle Kingdom and at New Beginnings, so it's like three times already this year, I've gotten awesome matches between these two individuals who are basically like the cornerstones of that division. With it's just it's cool. I was really happy to see Hiromu get back to where he was last year, and I props it will. He had a he had a really strong run as like junior heavyweight champion, one of the better like runs as champion I've seen so it's I've watched this match two times already I'm going to watch it again at some point so it's it was a, it's a, it's definitely a must-see match for people who haven't seen Dominion if there are people who have not seen Dominion yet because you're really messing up if you haven't seen Dominion. Uh, for those who would like to know some alternative means to watch these main three matches just go under the hashtag what we are watching. Hashtag what we are watching. Next up, what a lot of people came to see, the IWGP Intercontinental title match between Naito and Chris Jericho. Okay, now what's interesting about this is, okay, Osaka doesn't really fuck with Naito like that. It's still one of the like few places that he still gets booed the people still don't really care for him so this was a very interesting dynamic with jericho coming out here uh, after you know all the dastardly deeds he's done i i was told that part of the reason osaka doesn't really rock with naito in this current incarnation is because they still fully believe in the star just genius <laughs> and they won't let that go so they're like they feel he can do better than what he's doing in this incarnation, and they'll always believe in that version of Naito. Yeah, well. I was told. That's pretty cool. Well, like your parents, like like your parents looking at you and you doing some questionable stuff. They're like, I know you got better than you than this. Naito in Osaka, I guess. Jericho counters the flying forearm with a code breaker for a two count. They continue to trade moves, and Jericho takes control, but Naito counters the lion salt and hits the Gloria. The Destino gets countered, and we have a ref, blow, a ref bump and a low blow by Jericho. The Codebreaker finishes it, and we have a new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. It's Chris Jericho. Ten time! Ten time! Ten time <laughs> in the Continental Champion! Uh... I was amazed that uh, he won. This was like a brawl. They they didn't have any technical wrestling really to speak of in, uh, was no technical. <laughs> in, in this match. Um, 
and it was done perfectly because it was no way they were going to follow Hiromu and Will Ospreay with a classic wrestling match. So uh, Jericho, I mean, whooped his ass for like seven minutes before the match even started in the suit. In the suit. Yeah. And uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the only place where you can still see people get power drive, take a power driver on a table. You gotta be careful with those chairs, those table spots, though, because it was a point in time where you never saw them in Japan. Now you're kind of seeing it too much, so they need to chill out on that. Like all wrestlers in New Japan. Yeah, I think that and the uh, the apron spots are are kind of two things that wrestling in general kind of getting a little bit overboard with. Yeah. Like April spots, you got you probably should save that for like really, really bad feuds. Or I really can't stand this person. I want to put serious harm on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe chill out on that spot too. <laughs> then we get to the main event of the evening: the IWGP Heavyweight Title Match, no time limit, best two out of three falls. It's Okada versus Kenny Omega. So the Rainmaker is countered and Omega hits a V-trigger and that gets a two count. Okada counters into a Hurricanrana and then he hits a Tombstone. The Rainmaker is countered by Omega but Okada gets the Bulldog sit-down pin and wins the first fall at 28 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, Just a excellent first fall. It was definitely an excellent first fall and I was taught that roll-up finishes, like, more so in other company, in other company that a roll-up finish is basically you got lucky, but if you actually put a dude away with a submission and, like, submission or a regular just strike to put a person out, that's just, like, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. But that was just uh, that was just clever of Okada. He caught Kenny slipping and put Kenny behind the eight ball which kind of fits the overall story. It's a up, up, uphill battle for Kenny or anyone else to beat Okada. And why wouldn't it be any different on this night? Right. So in between falls, we had like a two-minute rest period. So in the second fall, Okada hits a drop kick, but Omega hits a drop kick of his own. Omega counters the drop kick into a power bomb, and he follows that by a V-trigger. Okada pulls the sit-out pin again, but this time it only gets a two. Kenny hits a V-trigger, and then a power driver, and Okada somehow kicks out at two. The V-trigger connects, and then that's followed by the one-winged angel, and Kenny ties it at one fall apiece at 50 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah, that was... They they, they said that one right, but at points during that second fall, it was like... I was really shook. Like uh, Okada might put this dude away and go two zero and go home with the title again. It that ending ending to the fall was really really crazy, really dope. Yeah, they had a lot of intrigue on that one. A lot of shook people. <laughs> so again, we get another two minute rest period, and then we go into the third and deciding fall. Omega counters the Rainmaker into the one-winged angel and Okada is rocked. 
at, but they can't make the pin. So we get like a Rocky two moment as they both try to drag themselves up by the ropes. Omega is the first one to get up. He lands a V trigger. Then he hits a one winged angel and Kenny Omega is the new IWGP champion. As Don Callis would say, hook the leg, hook the leg, hook the leg. Let's talk about the fact that Okada had Omega beat, but he was so exhausted. Yeah, he couldn't pin him. He couldn't take him out with the Rainmaker where in the previous title match they had, he was strong enough to hit Kenny with the the Rainmaker, but Kenny was exhausted and he missed him with it. Mm -hmm. That right there is... Excellent storytelling and using callbacks for people to use their own brain to see how that connects. And uh, it also metaphor on how hard Okada has gone through his reign, where to that point he just had nothing left to give. Yeah, he hit Kenny with that like half a Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. And then when he hit him finally with the full Rainmaker, he didn't have anything left to give him. He couldn't get back up. And, okay, so they wrestled. The match took an actual time, an hour and nine minutes. But if you take out the four minutes for the two breaks, they wrestled an hour and five minutes at an incredible pace. Excellent pace. Uh, It was quite emotional to see Kenny Omega win. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Just, you it was know. Very emotional, very emotional for anybody who's been following him for any number of years, I've been following that guy for a decade. <laughs> I haven't seen everything, but I've been a fan for a decade. So I was, I started dancing when he actually won. <laughs> and then I'm out in public dancing, see, because I'm seeing him win. And I was like, I didn't think he was going to win. I mean, I had my shirt on of him when I was going out. I was hoping he would win. But then he won and he won. And it was such a it was such a great payoff for like being a fan or watching just not just being a fan, but a fan of wrestling and watching them both go back and forth at each other over this year and a half. And really this storyline really started at G G one Kenny One. But if you really even go deeper, this really started with the invasion attack championship match between AJ Styles and Kota Ibushi where Kenny got involved and caused Kota to lose and that kind of came and played within the match but it was also a shout out to what happened in the G1 Climax match where he started hitting all of his friends maneuvers on Goto and that call back like this is like how they connect everything was really great. It's really a payoff for anybody who's watched it for years. And it's like, wow, you guys do a great job of setting this up. You can't get super mad if you see the payoff for everything. You got to have patience sometimes in life. But I'm a Marvel Comics fan, so I kind of get this. But it's just like, damn, he hit that, he hit that style clash and then the crowd popped. Mm-hmm. And started chatting AJ in the, like that match has so many freaking levels to it. 
Yeah, and that was super it, cool. It was super cool because we like we still love you, AJ. Even if you're over there and not being able to show what you're capable of, we know you and still love you and appreciate you for what you brought to New Japan. So like fans, that those fans, the fans make that make that match even better. It's like on the technical standpoint, you could say okay. I might rock with the one of the other matches in their series more, but the com- combination of overall story payoff and if you say this is your best, the favorite match in this series, I can't get mad at you. If you think this is the best match you've ever seen, I can't get mad at you either because it's it's done it's done so well and executed so well by these two parties, and it's like I can't really think of no other federation that could tell this level of story over this amount of time, the only thing close to this in emotional impact is Gargano versus Yamba. That's the only thing close right now in wrestling as far as like that emotional story. It's just, those two should be proud of themselves. Like Okada is the best like champion I've seen. Like, and I've been around watching wrestling for many decades. It is matches I didn't see during Ric Flair's run, and Ric Flair is one of the greatest champions ever. But this Okada championship is something special, and I'm glad I was able to watch almost all of it. The level of just how well that they paced the match, they started off with the chain wrestling, then they got to a level of they kind of had to strip it down because they kind of, they know each other's stuff. So they were countering. And that's why that sit out move worked so well as a first ball win, Mm -hmm. because it was something that Kenny wasn't expecting. He was going for, you know, he was countering, countering something and got caught. Um, Like you said, just the level of the storytelling and, and going back, like, okay, so my story goes, Wrestle Kingdom had to be 14. No, Wrestle Kingdom 12, where we, the Young Bucks were, and I saw, I saw like a Red Dragon and all these people for the first time. Kenny Omega was the one guy that kind of stood out like, oh, he's got the, you know, Terminator gimmick. He's got the, you know, just the video game stuff. It's like, okay, he's got some other stuff with him. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I kind of like that dude. Then the next thing you know, he like wins the junior championship. And then he's like, well, you know, I've done that. Then he's like, I'm going to turn heavyweight. And then he, like, is a right in the bullet cup, kicks AJ Styles out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all in on this dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go. And so, yeah, like yeah. you said, just a great year and a half story of just these two guys trying to top themselves. I still think the 60-minute draw – is the is my favorite one, and then this is number two. I could, I could, you could go with that. I think so. If you want to split the difference, you could say favorite is that match, and the best is this match because it pays off everything. Mm. And I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about the fact that um, the overarching story is you don't have to do your friend stuff to be successful because just being you is good enough. Mm-hmm. If you, it goes back to like how he hit all those fin- his friends finishers, but when it came down to it, his finisher was just on all that he needed, and that's a great like lesson to people that you don't need to be anybody but yourself to succeed. 
And the one winged angel is still a one and done move. Nobody's ever kicked out of it. Protected match, a very protected maneuver. So whoever kicks out of that, whoo! Yeah, it's gonna set the. I think they're gonna have to say that. They're gonna have to say that for Okada. Gonna set the world on fire. Okada for sure. Mm -hmm. I think he should have that. Yeah, it's definitely gonna set the world on fire. Whoever kicks out of that. So post match, the Bucks arrive as Omega sits over fallen Okada. Omega celebrates with Abushi and sees the Bucks, and they embrace. Abushi joins in, and we're all friends. Okada is helped to the back, and as Omega celebrates with the championship, Abushi straps the belt on Kenny. Omega then addresses the crowd and says he's accomplished a lot in his career and finally accomplished his goal of winning the title. This match made him see the future of wrestling, and that's why he'll stay here and take the next step. Omega puts over Okada and the Bucks as handsome, wonderful athletes that will do all of this together. What they did here is a miracle, as they are all they were always told they aren't good enough or should take the payday. They made their own rules, and with his friends and lovers by his side, they can do anything. I'm tired and almost died, so goodbye and good night. Cody then arrives to steal the moment. He walks halfway <laughs> down the ramp. But then he turns around and leaves. Coda and the Bucks hoist Kenny Omega on their shoulders in celebration. And that's how we end Dominion with the uh, confetti falling down. And the big belt is on Kenny Omega. I I like how he pushed away the title belt when it was about to be presented and chose to hug his friends because at the end, that was more important to him than that championship. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff in that. Like, it's a lot of different stories paid off in that match. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Oh, what we didn't talk about, though, is uh, Evil, after the match, after Jericho won, he uh, hit Naito with the belt, the title belt. Then he started beating up Naito, and uh, that made Evil come out and, you know, run him off. So we might have some that, Evil Jericho action coming up. And watching the backstage where Naito was laid out and Evil came and picked him up and took him to the dress room, that was a really sweet moment. <laughs> I got to go back and watch that. You got to go. I got to go back and watch some of the backstage stuff because it's a lot of stuff. Because, you know, after the match, my boy Despy came out and put that challenge down on Haramu. So it's gone. It's gone. Lit. Yeah, definitely it, gonna be lit. I don't know the red. I can't remember the Reddit poster, but they kind of figured out who Desperado could potentially be. So that adds another element to that whole thing with Hiromu because supposedly Desperado's he was Desperado's teammate in his previous incarnation when they were young lions. So. You got to go dig through the cage match profile to figure that one out. <laughs> um, before we wrap it up, what did you think about uh, Harold Mage? Did you see the opening? Opening. I I didn't watch that because I just wanted to get to the action, but I will watch it at some point. Oh, but I can't even talk I, to you about this. I I just I, I wish him well. I hope he does does this thing, but he got to be careful about having. 
all those gaijins as champions in right. the Japanese promotion. You got to be careful about that because Canada, Canada really killed it on that show. But when you're a Japanese promotion and a lot of your champions are white people, that that could be some. That could be. I don't know. You got to be careful about that. Yeah, I see the long term goals and what you're trying to achieve in branching out into different countries, but just be very, very careful about that. Hiromu getting that championship is important to like not bring spotlight on that too much. And Kenny's basically Japanese, so you can't really look at that that much. So, yeah, on the morality clause, the Mike Elgin having a title is a you know is a knock, but you know. The rest of the guys are pretty upstanding. That's true. You probably shouldn't have Michael Elgin at that Kyle Fowler show. Yeah, I don't think that would get a be be a good no, idea. I'm on that show, that's no, not a good look. No, How do you feel about the weird controversy popping up about New Japan should have a women's division because they're they're like a national promotion going forward? I don't think they should to come to the peer pressure of just putting out a women's division for the PR of it. If you, if you I don't think they should do it either. If they're not going to be committed to it. Right. It, and I don't feel too good about them going from other, like cherry picking and taking talent from other companies because those wrestlers are needed for those companies to be successes. Mm-hmm. The only reason they should do that is if they really want to do it, and I don't think we should force them or put create this issue onto them. I'm about equality and opportunity for everyone, but you got to also understand in Japan, Joshi does Joshi and are not about being second tire or third tire to any other Caruso like movement. They are their own thing. So, if you want to see Joshi wrestling, it's a lot of Joshi-like promotions in Japan. You got Oz Academy. You got the Sendai Girls. You got Ice Ribbon. You got you got so many. Like you got, I'm forgetting some right now, but it's a lot. It's it's, it, it's you're definitely worth just Stardom. Stardom is probably one of the better ones too. You, you can see a lot of different types of talents. So that's where I'm on that. Please don't kill me on my mention because of that. But that's just how I feel on that. And just another little thing to slip in. If we had a sign-in trade option between, like, in Japan and WWE, who would you sign and trade to get Neville to New Japan? Send to WWE to get Neville. Yes. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I saved some good questions for you. I don't want people taking our stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I kind of like everybody they got. Can we just? Can we just give them more money? <laughs> Not lose anybody. Put, put money in it. <laughs> Since they like big horse dudes and guys who talk trash, let's sign a trade. We'll give you some money. And we sign and trade Kirli Swad for Neville. Okay, yeah. David Boy Smith get back into 
WWE, that would be like a legacy. Yeah. And, and a win for him. That. And they could have Archer just be that big, scary monster dude that talks trash. <laughs> yeah, that might work. Vince likes the big guys. Yeah, and and Neville could be free because it just hurts my heart to see Neville not be able to apply his craft because he's one of the best wrestlers on the world. Yeah, yeah. The, the things that, you know, when you speak up in, in certain companies, it, it's to your detriment. Yeah, I respect him for speaking up and knowing his value. I just hope he gets out of there. But I can't really figure any sign of trades. Like, who is, like... On, on the WWE and who they would sign a trade to get. So, say if Kenny's at the end of the deal, who would you sign a trade for Kenny to get him to, like, WWE? Mm, because I, because these two probably need to wrestle each other, my first thought would be Seth Rollins. You would just do just a swap. Hmm. Interesting. Because they're, they're kind of the same guy. Yeah, and Seth takes a lot of stuff from him and other Japanese wrestlers. I still love Seth, even despite him doing that. Um, that's a that's an even trade. What I would do is like I would try to be sneaky, like Vince, trade old for young. I would, hmm, I would trade Fergal. Who else I would give them? I will trade Fergal and give them Cesaro. What? That's very fair deal, but WWE don't really know what they have in Cesaro, so I would be that would be like, okay, we're going to lose this guy anyway, so let's you have Kenny and give us Fergal and Cesaro, and I could just put Fergal right back at the top of Bullet Club and <laughs> 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 keep keep right back where I need it. And, Right in the bit, and I could put him right in the main event. I could flip him, switch him between journey heavyweights if I feel the need. I could put him with a tag tag team with Ishimori. So it's a lot of different things you could do with Fergal. So that would be my trade. And with Cesaro, you could do anything with him because mm-hmm. that dude is a great wrestler. So it don't matter. Yeah, that's some that's some interesting things to think about because I was saying that. The only people in WWE that I would even like to see do a, you know, no time limit type two out of three falls match like uh, Omega and Okada did would probably be AJ and uh, Seth Rollins. That'd be interesting. Yes. Yeah, I think I think they could go and go at a pace that they could keep that thing live the whole time. True, true, true. Yeah. So, um, just your overall thoughts of the event was it? The greatest pay per view ever. Um, I tried to like actually do research on things, and I have like the ODR and fandoms. You have a lot of years to think about. I'm not one to just jump out and say this is the greatest ever. Sometimes that thing just clicks inside, and you just know. I didn't really get that click. Because of the first match, maybe the first two matches, which were really good. Well, the second match was pretty good. Like, if you really focus on the second match for to the rest of the card, it's definitely one of the best pay- like pay views I've ever seen. Like you mentioned, WrestleMania 17 probably would be like those two, right? Dominion and WrestleMania 17 are one of two of the best. I don't, I don't know which one is better. 
I could probably see someone go either way on that one. I don't mean to be a flake on that, but it's just that's really tough when you've watched so much wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, it, this had definitely the payoff, the big memorable moment of Kenny winning the title, and basically it kind of put the reset button on what we're gonna have going forward through G one and into the next, uh, you know, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, basically. I don't really see that the titles match. changing, you know, until we get back to Wrestle Kingdom. That post-match promo, he pretty much, like, stated, in a way, we're going to see Naito versus Omega eventually. I don't know when we're going to see it, but we're going to see it. Hopefully, they can say, like, hold that match until Wrestle Kingdom. Because that could be, a, that definitely can main event and be a great match to start the year on. Because mm-hmm. those two, they have nothing but classes when they face each other. Oh, yeah. Nothing but classes when those two face each other, and they protect. They need to protect that match, and they also need to protect Abushi Omega like they've done. So <laughs> that that would be killer if they if we get that from Wrestle Kingdom or even King of Pro Wrestling on one of those shows. But I was I would want to see that Wrestle Kingdom. Like that way, if you ever the Wrestle Kingdom, you could finally give Naito his get that get him that main event win without actually have to give him that win and beat Okada on it, because that's you you're you're saving that Okada like Okada Naito Wrestle Kingdom match in the future. That that would be a sassy. That's that's smart right there, because <laughs> you could do so many. Like ah man, yeah, just say you gotta. What I love about this company, they rarely give away big matches. They save those for big occasions. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting. Well, I think it's because of the way that they run their schedule where they'll give you like a burst and then they might take like a week off. Yeah. And then they might give you like another quick burst and then they might take like three or four days off. And then they give you like another quick burst and then they might take two weeks off. Mm-hmm. So they don't ever give you; they give you just enough, and then all of a sudden, when the big show comes around, boom! There it is. You get that Will Osprey, Takahashi classic, like a four and a half star match, leading into, and that's the third match from the you know from the end. Like what? <laughs> Somebody, I think it was De- Evan Deadly Sins or something. I think that's his name. Pointed out the fact that. Over the last couple of years, the junior heavyweight championship match has slowly moved up the card. I'm hoping that trend continues in that semi-main event next year mm-hmm. on the menu. Yeah, they've had some. They've had the last two years, especially. They've had some fantastic uh, matches on Dominion uh, junior heavyweight matches. So, all in all, fantastic card. Like I said, if you Want to watch the last three matches in particular? Search the hashtag what we are watching and uh, you'll find an alternative means in which you can watch those. So please check those out. Um, Anwar, I'm going to turn the podium over to you so you can give your shout outs and thank yous. Thank you for everyone who interacts with me on Twitter and who helped me get become better at watching wrestling and pointing out things I miss because sometimes I miss it. So I appreciate all of you and thanks for listening. All right. I'd like to give a big shout out to Anwar Starwin. I'd like to give a big shout out to our co-host that can't be here, but always here in spirit, Miss JPK Moto, Moto Omega, as we like to call her. 
You're a champion. How about that? Uh, give a shout out to everybody who uses the hashtag Cast a Strong Style. All the new people who found the podcast through the hashtag, we appreciate it very much. So please continue to listen and go to CSPN.us. Please support our sponsors. There's only a couple of days left to get your dad something cool. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you don't have to worry. Go to Amazon through CSPN.us. Go to CSPN.us. Click on the banner that says keep our podcast free. Go down to the Amazon link. Click on that. Buy something for your dad. It'll give some money back to CSPN so we can keep Cast a Strong Style free. Each and every podcast that we do here on the CSPN. So CSPN and Amazon do it today. And so on that note, for my co-host, Anwar Starwin, I'm Don DeLaRente, and this has been episode 19 of Cast a Strong Style. Cast, cast, strong, 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 strong.